Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. So today I'm thrilled to have on Jeff Beavis of the First Light Home Care Franchise System. Jeff has had a business career spanning 38 years, including 35 years in franchise and entrepreneurial ventures. He's the First Light Home Care CEO and founder and has a unique and aggressive perspective for what it takes to build successful franchise systems. First Light is an innovative offering for non-medical in-home care and has expanded to over 250 markets in 33 states in just seven years. Hope you enjoy this interview with Jeff. He's very knowledgeable, and I think you'll get a good sense for how he and his son really came up with the idea to launch First Light Home Care after they both were, you know, or, or really him, but in, in in certain part his son too, in assisting with uh, caregiving services for for family members and so forth. And so it's really an example of somebody who was busy doing something and and thinking about how that could be transformed into a business opportunity uh, and how they could improve upon the opportunity. They had worked with several different agencies and of course were, were able to see uh, areas of improvement that they could then build on. So really enjoyed this interview with Jeff and hope you do as well. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Good. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on. I mean, obviously, as the CEO and founder of First Light Home Care Franchise, uh, I always find it interesting to talk to people who have created uh, franchise systems. And you know, a lot of folks listening and are, will be particularly interested uh, because they themselves find themselves as entrepreneurs out there growing businesses and maybe one day turning them into a franchise or have done so and are looking to grow the concept. Obviously, with your background, it's pretty interesting because you have a lot of experience in franchising and growing some franchise systems. So I thought that might be a good place to kind of kick off the interview. You know, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, um, you're right. I have a pretty extensive background in franchising. I've been in franchising now for a little over 35 years, six different companies, five different concepts. I have also been a caregiver for uh, grandparents or family members or even my in-laws who lived with us for six years, four different times over my um, adult life. So in my case, really, the best of both worlds was kind of marrying my franchising background knowledge uh, with personal experience as a family caregiver and actually as a adult child client trying to find services for family members led my son and I to start First Light now a little over eight years ago. So what was your prior experience in franchising? Well, I had been in, again, five different industries. So I started in franchising in car rental and then also did truck rental, uh, did airport parking, and then did employment staffing. All of these are different franchise brands. Uh, and then was also in non-medical in-home care uh, and led a brand there for over five years. And then also home decorating services. So pretty diverse group of uh, franchise industries, franchise brands, but all with that common denominator as being uh, franchise systems. So over my career, I've been um, either leading operations, business development, franchise development, 
branding, technology training, in some cases, all of those. And so when you, you know, you'd mentioned obviously being a caregiver for your family or certain family members, as you were doing that, what sort of sparked the idea? Was it with you or your son or kind of together just talking about it that you would go out and, and launch a home care company? It was. I'd been talking with him. and He and I had talked about being in business together probably since his high school years. He's 35, so that, you can tell that's probably been a while now. But um, that was always kind of one of our goals personally. And from the caregiver side, it was more dissatisfaction with options and companies that we used or tried to use over the years, especially over the last probably 14 to 15 years prior to starting First Light. So back in the mid-90s through the 2009 timeframe, we were clients of several different home care companies. And it was just always surprising to me how there was either a lack of consistency, lack of quality, lack of training, lack of knowledge about the family or my family member that, that needed care, and sometimes just plain logistics and they weren't coming on time or coming on the right day or coming well prepared or well trained. And that's really what led us to thinking, you know, we may have a better way. We think that given our personal experience as family caregivers and as decision makers as the adult child to make decisions about our family that did need care, that um, there would be a better approach if we focused, especially on client satisfaction, caregiver retention, caregiver training, lower caregiver turnover, uh, and really trying to develop quality standards for the industry, which had been lacking previously. And I think today as an industry, we're still lacking. What's well, interesting because obviously, you know, so much of what you said is great, but it's always easier said than done, right? I always thought it was easy to look at another business and point out all their flaws, but until you walk in their shoes a little bit, it's hard sometimes to recognize or understand how challenging it is, right? I mean, when you're working with people, when you're hiring people, when you're dealing with, you know, I know with caregivers, as an example, you're dealing with high turnover oftentimes, um, and you're dealing with people from varied backgrounds and so forth. So walk me through a little bit how you went from this concept, this idea on how to improve in this market to then actually setting it up. Sure. Yeah. And then it's funny when, when we talk about this too, people think, you know, gosh, were you crazy? Because we didn't even hesitate, didn't even think twice about this. We were so convinced that we had a better approach, but we did this, started the company in late 09, incorporated, uh, went heads down for about six to seven months through the first half of 2010 to build out the infrastructure. Again, uh, this was my son and I, then began franchising in the summer of 2010, no corporate operations at all. Really? Now, in hindsight, I think back on that and, and it was like, what the heck was I thinking? But um, we were just so convinced that we had a better way, better knowledge of the industry, again, firsthand as family caregivers and, and as clients of services, but also with that franchising knowledge and expertise too. So that led us, especially in the infrastructure building stage, to be very focused on measuring client satisfaction, which we've done from day one one in every office every month or now every quarter to give it more statistical validity. We also measure caregiver uh, retention and caregiver turnover, two different numbers, in every office every single month. And those two metrics the client satisfaction and caregiver retention are both very closely related, as you might imagine, because if the caregiver turnover is not occurring, then the clients are just happier. Primarily, if the caregivers are turning over every three, four, five, six months, and, and then the client satisfaction is definitely not there. Well, and sometimes you lose the client, right? I mean, you know, in this industry, it's my understanding so much of it is the caregiver, and it makes sense because if you match a caregiver with a client and that's a good match and there's a trust level there and that. Yes. 
it's really hard when you lose the caregiver to keep the client. It is. And so one of the aspects we have in the first light systems, we do a client caregiver matching process. Uh, it really starts with the way we recruit, hire, train, and retain the caregivers. So they're all direct employees, not 1099 employees. Uh, not saying that's a bad thing. Some companies still follow that model. We just have said from day one that was the more qualitative approach to have everybody as a direct employee of the franchisee. But they all do personality cognitive testing as part of the hiring process. And then we have a caregiver client matching process that is done continually as each caregiver is matched up with a new client to make sure that we're putting them, putting he or she, the caregiver in a home or facility or with wherever the client is in a comfortable, inviting, appropriate environment that supports the caregiver. As you mentioned, this is not easy work. This is very challenging. You become like part of the family, but is it rewarding? Can you give back to the community? Can you make a difference in people's lives? Absolutely. But we just try to do the core fundamentals very, very well. So, you know, now obviously in the market, you're in over 250 markets in 33 states in just seven years, which is really impressive growth. And obviously there's a lot between the starting of this to now. You started it with your son. At what point did you decide to build out your team a little bit more from there? Great question. Probably wasn't until we were about a year and a half to two years in. We had added four people in the first year and a half at some key positions from an operations support marketing standpoint. Leaned very heavily on our on our advertising marketing agency in the early, early going too. But we saw pretty quickly in that first year and a half, two years that if we really wanted to stay ahead of the curve, stay out in front of the industry, and really maintain that qualitative standard position that we needed to invest in building our team and keep our team strong to really keep up with the pace and the growth of, of the franchise network. So that's probably been one of my biggest ongoing challenges, one of our biggest ongoing challenges over, over eight years has just been the continual selection and search, if you will, of more members of our team in key positions to keep out in front of that growth. Where did you start from? Like, where, where was your first location? Well, this is always a little bit of a funny answer because we're based in Cincinnati. And I initially told my son, we're probably going to be Midwest focused. So don't be surprised if our first two, three, four, eight, ten franchise will be somewhere in the Midwest. But we've been very focused on our process from day one with the franchise development side and assessing, determining the right people as franchise ownership candidates. So with that said, we've always followed the process of this is a matter of finding the right fit with the right people that have the right why. So that, you know why they're in the business, why they're looking to get into home care, why they want to serve others, kind of a servant leadership approach. And so our first office was in Florida. So there, that went my entire hypothesis right out the window there. Our second office was in Omaha, Nebraska. And then our third and fourth offices were in Ohio. We were pretty spread out pretty fast. Um, the Florida owner, as it turned out, was a good test case for our licensure assistance process, which um, not to digress on you, but we've got licensure in 33 different states today. There are 17 states that have no licensure at all for this business. So if you said, hey, I want to open a home care business tomorrow in one of those non-licensure states, you could do that, which is pretty scary. It's pretty incredible. But I think the trend, right, is going I, – I, I got to imagine, and you would know this better than I, but I have to imagine over the next 10, 15 years, most of the states are going to have some licensure process, some state-regulated process. 
Yes, it's it's gone from six states in 2003 to 33 states today. So you're exactly right. And Florida is the toughest of those licensure states. So lo and behold, that was the first, you know, the first office we had out of the gate. So it was a good litmus test, bench test to see is our licensure process as good as we thought it was. And, and we came through with flying colors. So now do you, you know, for those listening, obviously in this kind of business with the home care structure, there are states that we're talking about when we say licensure process that have their own state regulations when it comes to setting up a home care, non-medical or even medical, for, you know, for that matter. Now, First Light Home Care is a non-medical, right? Correct. Okay. Now, do you assist your franchisees in working with the regulators to get set up or do you, or is that all on the franchise? Because typically it's all on the franchisees to do that because it's, it's challenging for you as a franchisor to be well-versed in every state's rules. It is. It is. But we take the high road there and we feel that it only helps our franchisee, especially in this case, a new franchisee coming out of the gate to be up and running faster, stronger, more successfully if we give them guidance up front. So, yes, we actually have contacts with the licensure regulatory uh, departments in every single state. Those 33, we know the process, we have the links, we have the documentation, we have the pricing. Uh, the franchise owner has to complete all the application process, the documents, of course, but we give him or her guidance every step of the way. In fact, even before they become owners, we share that package of information with them so they know coming in how much it's going to cost, how long it typically takes, but we're going to work right alongside them. Now, when I talk with people, I always tell them that, you know, growing slow uh, and deliberate is a good way to then grow fast. I mean, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but obviously making sure that you're getting the right people on the ship to start before you try to go too fast. But I also tell people that they should expand within their 100-mile radius first, which is kind of what I think you thought initially. And obviously, you with your model, it kind of went out the window. And, and I think to your point is that sometimes you just get opportunities that come up and it doesn't matter where they're located if they're the right person, but you better be doggone sure that it's the right person or else it's not really advisable to, you know, to open up all over the country where you can't really be overseeing it. Do you subscribe to that at all? We do. As, as tough as that as it has been, we have kind of stuck to our, our knitting there and said we're still going to follow the why and find the right people, the best people to be franchise owners for us, not a target market demographically or geographically. We have our own demographic mapping software. We use the latest census data. So we're able to confirm for anybody anywhere that the market potential is correct in every area. But we just see much greater value, much greater benefit to making sure that's the right person and then setting them up for success. So, and it sounds like obviously one of the differentiators in your model, because again, I've, I've, I've talked with, you know, a lot of different home care companies and most of them, if not all of them, obviously leave, put the onus on the franchisee to get up to speed and make sure that they get everything set up properly with the state. It sounds like you do a little, you go a little bit above and beyond, which is a good differentiator you know, for your business. What are some other differentiators for First Light Home Care that you believe, you know, separates you a little bit from your competition? Well, I think in addition to the focus on client satisfaction, caregiver retention, caregiver turnover measurement, um, also our technology platform sets us apart. We were the first company in the industry, again, back in 2010, to be totally web-based. We have GPS tracking for the caregiver, clock in, clock out system. Um, a lot of the early technology platform 
standards that we put into place are now being adopted or have been adopted across the entire industry, which is a good, good thing. But our technology platform continues to be ahead of the curve for the rest of the industry. Uh, we do require a two full-time equivalent start, which may seem minor, but it ends up making a big difference with the startups because in this business, as you know, it's a key focus on networking, building relationships with local referral sources. That's how you get clients and then recruiting. So the constant recruiting of caregivers. So we see the distinct benefit um, with first light owners. We do require them to have a full-time equivalent focus to each of those two core functions, not letting them come in with one person kind of juggling the, the balls in the air and trying to do both equally. Does that work? Yes. Can it work? Yes, but it's almost a Darwinian approach as opposed to having two full-time equivalents, a little more working capital up front, but the success rate is much, much higher. And then what type of franchisees are you looking for? I mean, obviously, we've talked about the people and the fact that you want to go and focus on good quality people, but you know, who is an ideal franchisee for First Light? Yeah, that's a little bit of a probably an eye-opener, too. It, it's less than 20% of our owners have any healthcare or healthcare-related backgrounds. So we get that question a lot where people think they need to have a healthcare person, healthcare experience person in the business. You really don't. Again, back to the fact that we're non, non-medical, but we look for strong communication skills, strong presentation skills, strong management skills, especially people. You know, Those skills together can come from literally any industry around the country. So those are the key characteristics that we look for. We think that and have found that we can help them learn the home care industry, uh, learn the business if they have those types of good core skills and certainly are true servant leaders. But do, do you find that you're attracting people you know, more heavily from one industry versus others, or is it just sort of all over the board? It, it is really a cross-section. Cross we have teachers, we have accountants, we have bankers, we have telecom, we have technology. Uh, we have, again, um, a portion of healthcare related, but we have former hospital CEOs. Uh, we have folks out of the insurance and health benefits world. We have folks out of manufacturing, engineering. So it really is a wide variety of industries and backgrounds. You know, obviously, you've had tremendous amount of success uh, thus far. Of course, in any business, even with that success that you've had, you've had to have had challenges, I'm sure, along the way. Can you talk about a couple of those challenges that you've had with regard to the franchise process and growing through the franchise model and then how you've overcome those? Sure. I think there's been a couple challenges every step of the way, and there continues to be challenges now, especially as it relates to managing growth. But I think some of the challenges have been, especially early on, um, not cutting corners, not lowering our standards from a either a franchise ownership standpoint or lowering our standards from a quality of service standpoint. Um, and as we grow, that becomes tougher, tougher because uh, you get you know more of a wide, varied client basis in the franchise owners. And um, and you have more in different opinions. But uh, I think those have been the biggest challenges, as well as, as I mentioned earlier, just continually finding the right people to grow our support team infrastructure-wise to keep up with the growth of the industry overall. And then lastly, that would be trying to stay out front of the knowledge required as the industry has evolved now, especially with Medicare Advantage now offering coverage for non-medical personal care services in 2019. I know that's fantastic, isn't it, for your business? It is. It's going to bring a shift for the next couple of years, but that's an important aspect we need to stay well-informed about. 
So it's interesting because every franchise model has to really think about and concentrate on marketing. I think of it as a dual track marketing. It's the branding component to where you're you're marketing and branding the name and the system and the franchise so that more people know about it. But then there's also the marketing to try to attract the right people into the system. And I find that there's a lot of franchise systems that struggle with that initially. It's tough to get that initial inertia going where you feel like, okay, I've got this thing rolling a little bit. What are some of the things that you would advise or that you've done to help on the marketing side of finding good people to become franchisees? Wow. That is a that is a great question. You know, I would say one of the biggest things would be jump into that with both feet faster. When we first started, I did the franchise development myself for the first year and a half. In hindsight now, I I should have brought somebody in to work alongside me or even take it over faster because I had a hard time keeping up. At that time, we were getting about 190, 200 inquiries a month. Were you just doing online marketing or digital marketing or like where, where were people finding you from? Um, just a couple select portals and, and online sources, but and that's really still uh, pretty much the case now. We've stayed very true to the organic side from the marketing side. But I, I would just suggest that people take time. Don't try to rush that and plan to have the people, the the staff, the resources to effectively talk with and see, basically screen every single candidate. I think in hindsight, again, we did that and and I think I did an okay job at it, but if I would have had more help earlier, I think we could have done even a better job. Well, thank you, Jeff, for coming on. I really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about First Light Home Care, you can go to firstlighthomecare.com. And of course, we'll have that information in the show notes as well. Is there any other contact information you want to leave for anybody who might be interested in the concept or, or just may want to reach out? Um, well, we do have our separate franchise site at First Light franchising.com. And uh, also, I'm always open to helping others, whether it be in franchising uh, as a brand, as a franchise, or, or looking at the, a franchise as a franchisee candidate. So welcome to give folks my email address, just at jbevis, B-E-V-I-S, at firstlighthomecare.com. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. I, I know you're a busy guy and you've got a fast-growing franchise, so I wish you the, nothing but success in the future. Thank you very much. My pleasure to be with you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.